0: whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know, it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead.
1: Halo, hello everybody and welcome to episode 2 of the Sacred Icon Halo podcast where we talk all things Halo, as always. I'm your co-host, Jovial Joshua, and I'm joined always by my friend, your host, and the chocolate to my peanut butter, Mr. Brian Arvet. Brian, dude, how you doing, man?
2: Uh, I was doing really good until I heard chocolate to my peanut butter, but I found it amusing, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Proto to my Sam was definitely preferable, but but I'll go with it.
1: I had a recess earlier, so... You know, it was on my mind.
2: Next next episode, I'll be the peanut butter to your jelly.
1: That works. <laughs> that works. All right, man. Well, we got a lot of stuff to get into, so I want to jump right into it. Um, but first off, uh, definitely got to take a moment to thank everyone uh, for listening to our first episode. That meant so much, having your guys' support, whether it was on our private Facebooks or social media in general. Uh, cannot thank you enough for that, guys. Anything you want to say, Brian?
2: Uh, I would say definitely. We got quite a lot more feedback than I expected for our first episode. So,
1: Absolutely. And uh, yeah, we heard what you guys said about the audio. Hopefully it's better in this one. We've been looking into that, and that's something we definitely want to uh, take into account moving forward. So, uh, But yeah, uh, on to the news. There's a couple things that's been going on. Uh, first, uh, I'm just going to say as a disclaimer, Brian and I aren't really the biggest Halo Championship uh, Series fans or like anything to do with esports. Uh, but I just wanted to quickly add that uh, on November 12th, uh, Twitch Rivals is going to be launching a Legends of Halo series for the Master Chief Collection on PC, and they're going to be playing Halo Reach exclusively. So if anybody wants to check that out when that happens, you go to twitch.tv forward slash twitch rivals, and you can check that out. Should be pretty cool, uh, but it's not something I, uh, I think we'll ever really touch upon too, too much, but uh, still figured it was
2: worth mentioning. Um, and Brian, I'm sure you pretty have cool. a lot to
1: say about that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that it's a it's a PC thing. I mean, obviously, they're only doing Reach because it's the only game they've got working on PC right now.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Like, does that like, does that mean it's like pretty close to being done then? If they're doing that on Twitch.
2: Well, I I could be wrong, but I want to say that three four three promised that Reach would be out on MCC and the PC by the end of this year. Hmm. Do you think so they any, have a month and a half, yeah.
1: Do you think by any chance that it would actually launch like on the twelfth? Like to coincide with that tournament? Do you
2: um, think that's too soon? Uh I would think that's probably too soon. Um, but I know they're like the, the Halo games are gonna be piecemeal on the on the PC, but I'm pretty sure the Xbox version is farther along. But I don't know. I think I think they'll I think they'll both be out this year though, for sure, Reach. At least. Man, I can't wait to play that.
1: I mean, I don't personally mind if it takes them until next year, but, yeah, I'd really love to see it this year.
2: Take as much time as they need so that it works. Nobody wants to relive MCC. Uh, yeah, especially me. Uh, <laughs> especially especially you. Yeah. Uh,
1: moving forward, uh, today uh, is actually the 15th anniversary of Halo 2. Uh, if we had sound My effects, we would favorite. probably add, like, the grunt birthday sound. Yeah so yeah uh, (laughs) that was (laughs) fun yeah thank you um yeah so how is that crazy or what man like is that not kind of insane 15 years
2: Uh, uh man it is insane because I mean 15 years ago I was 12 years old um Halo 2 is my favorite game of all time so um it's it's the reason that I got into Halo as you heard on the last podcast and it has continually been my favorite game of all time. I just uh, – I don't know. I, there's there's no game I associate that much nostalgia with. Uh, there's just so many memories. And the thing I love about Halo 2 is it's been – I've been making Halo 2 memories for the last 15 years. Like, I've been still making them every single year up until now. In 2019, still doing Halo 2. We still did – we did two Halo 2 land parties this year. Mm-hmm. So – I just, I love the game, man. I think it's uh, everything everything that you could possibly want in a game to make it your favorite game of all time. I mean, it's, I know it's not everyone's favorite Halo of all time. It's not even yours, Josh, but it doesn't mean you, you don't, you know, hold it as dear as I do. Yeah, completely. I mean,
1: I, I think, I think Halo 3 is probably the most nostalgic in terms of just being like self aware of the product at the time because Halo 2, you know, like we talked about last episode into playing the campaign and even at then at the time I wasn't all that excited and you didn't you know you didn't play that until a bit after it was out to my understanding and actually I was going to ask you cuz uh, last episode you mentioned something that made me think of it um when Halo 2 was coming out were you aware of it or were you not aware of the game until after the fact
2: uh I was I was aware of it because I, fre- I frequented video game like websites and stuff. And I had heard people at school and and friends talking about halo two. And, and it, I still felt definitely not to the level, not anywhere near to the level of halo three, but I definitely felt the influence of halo two as it was coming out. I remember it being, I can remember standing in the kitchen of my parents' house. Um, the day that the halo two was going to launch and I didn't really care because I wasn't a halo fan yet, but it took another month for me to become a halo fan. But, uh, it was, it was, yeah, I remember it being a pretty big deal for sure. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, it's, it's crazy. 15 years, and then I think I can relate. I think, you know, just about every year, aside from maybe a few, you know, you're, you're definitely the bigger Halo fan. I know you've played that far more consistently than I have, but uh, I definitely can relate to the fact that even though it came out 15 years ago, you pretty much spent each one of those 15 years making new memories in that game which is crazy when you think about it, it just goes to show how good of a game that was or yeah, is i it should just,
2: say <laughs> it just it said everything man i uh i i can't i think it's one of those things where it's like a, it's a place and time type deal where it doesn't matter how good a halo game or how good any video game could possibly be it'll probably never be beaten as my favorite game of all time though side note really quick very quick because it's not on topic, but mm-hmm. if they ever created a perfect AAA Lord of the Rings RPG single player, that could run it for its money. But I doubt it would still pass it. But like, still, I need that. In my life. Like The Witcher 3? Like a Witcher 3 quality and level game, but Lord of the Rings universe. Oh, man. That blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, I'm waiting for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it was funny back on Halo. I think it's funny that, uh, I mean, it's not – Not particularly uh, anything too out there, but Jeff Easterling uh, from 343 on Twitter, he was like, next year, Halo 2 will be able to drive a car. And I'm like, holy crap, that's crazy. I remember when I got my license and to think that Halo 2 is now that old. Yeah, it's... uh, I don't
1: know, you know, I kind of... I guess sometimes take that MCC for granted, I think because it like sullied me on the just the whole service aspect of it when it had come out and I don't think about it too too much but it's pretty amazing to be able to have it be so accessible because you look at how many games came out around that time if not before or a little bit after and you know it's it's a, it's definitely not as uh easy to to get a hold of some of those games and play them i mean you know it, and and uh It's weird. Yeah, it's just weird. I mean, I was in I was in, I'm trying to think, I think it was my sophomore year when that came out. So, uh, yeah, that's crazy that I was dressing like I was in a metal band and I had black hair and uh, I was pale as snow white. It's crazy. (laughs) It's just crazy to think like, uh, that's the great thing about Halo 2 is I think, well, just Halo in general, but when you look just over the course of like the the amount of times like you and I have like played that um whether it was by ourselves or with friends in co-op or multiplayer like i so much of my life has changed since then but halo's always been kind of there or at least the memories yeah. i've had you know you know so it's really like yeah even though it's not my favorite halo overall it's definitely the most nostalgic just for the simple fact of the lamb parties that came out of that and just and how just like this year we did two of them you know so it's like it's still
0: uh,
1: it's still like and and for those listening like when it comes to the master chief collection uh at glam parties you know anytime i've gone with brian uh whether it was his house or, or our mutual friend kyle's house and stuff like that it's we always tend to revert to Halo Two as the game of choice. Like we play a little bit of of the other ones, but the mo the one that gets played the most is Halo Two.
2: So, yeah, yeah. I uh, when Halo Two came out, I would have I would have preferred to be uh, looking like I was in a metal band. I actually looked like a roll of Pillsbury dough. That's what I looked like. That was
1: <laughs> that's what I looked like <laughs> underneath my double XL Star Wars shirt.
2: Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you wear the big shirts and then you can say that you're not, you know, you can say you're not chunky. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dude, uh, Halo 2, I man. I with just... two Cs. Oh, dude, I was thick. I I remember I was in basketball, dude, and I was running and I was bouncing every which direction. It was ridiculous. I know, man. Same here god
1: <laughs> i don't want to think about <laughs> that time
2: uh, but yeah uh, Actually, if i could if i on since we're on the topic uh, i was gonna yeah. mention I, br- I think i briefly mentioned it in the last episode but uh, i never told you about i mean it won't be a long story but i never told you about the first halo 2 LAN party I ever went to at kyle's house oh
1: no that's perfect absolutely yeah tell, tell us
2: about that um so basically like i've been playing halo 2 for a while i have my own xbox and everything and um, my friend Kyle, who also listened to this podcast, he... Uh, What's up, Kyle? What's up, Kyle? How's it going, bro? Um, He had his 15th... I, dude, it was his 15th birthday party. Holy crap, I just realized that. He was turning wow. 15. And Halo 2 is turning 15 today, so that's just...
0: What? Amazing.
2: Yeah, where are we? Um, So he had his 15th birthday party, and usually what we did for Kyle's birthday party is he would have a bunch of friends over. I always envisioned it being like, I think it was like eight or 10 friends and we'd all hang out in his parents basement, playing video games, eating pizza, whatnot. Uh, most of the night we'd go out, we'd always do these things where we'd go out and, uh, there was like a school behind his house and we'd, uh, we'd play this game where people like hid and we had to find each other. And one time we played like airsoft guns and just kind of did stuff back there. And then, We'd come and stay up all night playing games. And then it's the next morning. <laughs> well, the, reason go. I, the reason I say did stuff back there is because I can per- I can remember one time um, everyone was climbing on top of the school building at like midnight, which was totally bad. I mean, it's not like the end of the world. But, you know, if you got if we got in trouble, it would have been bad. Um, but uh, yeah. Continue but anyways. <laughs> no, but anyways. Uh, and then usually the next morning we would go. Uh, about on a 45-minute drive to um, Kyle's grandfather owned a, a bowling alley, so we'd go bowling the next day, which is pretty cool. But uh, on his 15th birthday party, he decided to do a land party, and he, he actually borrowed, like, giant tables from the church and got a whole bunch of TVs set up, and he needed, he needed people to bring Xboxes. So I brought my Xbox, and there's probably, I think, five or six Xboxes there, and we just did Halo 2. Multiplayer all night, and it was my first experience with LAN. It was like, in the moment, it was like mind blowing because I'd never done anything like that. And I can remember, like, a few matches in, we did capture the flag, and I captured like all three of the flags for my team, and I screamed like, like yeah. And I remember like somebody, I remember <laughs> I like she like, ah! yeah, <laughs> and, and I remember somebody looking at me like. Dude, it's just a video game, but I was like, you know what? I don't care, man. This is like, this is. I got so much passion for this. Shut up, right guy. Yeah, I like, get out of here. Like you <laughs> left the party early. Um, but what uh, yeah, um, but anyway, so we were playing Halo Two, and um, it was just, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. You got to remember that I was, let's see, if Kyle was fifteen, then I was about twelve or thirteen. I was about thirteen years old, and um, I remember and this is embarrassing because and I don't really, (laughs) because I'm I'm a Christian and this is relevant, but I made my character's name Farting Jesus.
0: (laughs) 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 So, uh, so the whole night (laughs) so the whole night we were
2: playing Halo 2 you guys will realize that once Josh gets into one of these labs, very-
1: laughs. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to stop. I'm trying to stop. Go ahead.
2: It's okay, man. No. Keep, keep going. Um, so we're playing Halo Two all day long, <laughs> and somebody gets killed.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: just trying to picture fit however thirteen, whatever however young you were, just. Man, keep going
2: though. Yeah, just running around. So, like, you'd be there'd be people like playing, and suddenly it's like you were killed by farting Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so and the people would always be calling out like, "I can't believe I just got killed by farting Jesus. This is embarrassing." <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it was even worse. Like, there was this one point in the night where I started betraying this guy for no reason that I yeah. didn't even know. <laughs>
0: I was he just kept getting betrayed by farting Jesus.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: okay, okay, okay.
2: Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, the only thing worse than getting killed by
0: farting Jesus is <laughs> getting betrayed. By- <laughs> uh, oh man
2: i just pictured but, yeah, jesus anyway. christ
1: like tooting tooting up and down coagulation or something <laughs> yeah. okay i'm
2: sorry yep, i just kind of levitated through the map yeah don't mention his name any- uh, don't mention that name anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we can we can we cannot have a two-hour podcast of just josh laughing yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but then and then yeah. i remember there was uh, another guy at the party his name was zach and he made his he made his character's name Suck-A-Chick-A-Daddy-Leg. <laughs> what? Yeah. So...
1: Oh, my God, so, dude. This is ridiculous. Yeah.
2: Okay. So, all night, all night long, all night long, you just had Suck-A-Chick-A-Daddy-Leg and farted. This <laughs> <just> dominating. <laughs>
1: dominating the map. <laughs> Uh, did anybody else have any like names like that or anything? Or was it just no, you two guys who
2: running the show? Everybody no, Everybody else's name was serious. It was just me and Zach who were being oh, ridiculous. And I remember Zach, the guy who did, had Suck a Chicken Daddy, like he was wearing a Halo 2 Legendary shirt. And I remember telling him, like, dude, that's an awesome shirt. And he's like, yeah, but I kind of feel ridiculous wearing it because I can't even beat the first level on Legendary. You
1: know, but, it's uh, funny that, you know, I think to this day, Cairo Station is probably the toughest level on
2: Legendary I've ever played in the Halo game. I was stumped on that for so long. I agree. The reason Halo 2 Legendary, like the heart the everyone thinks it's, well, it is the hardest Halo 2 or Halo Legendary experience, but the reason <coughs> it gets such a bad, like well, there's two reasons why it gets such a bad rap. One is because the literal hardest level of Halo 2 Legendary is the first level. And it's because there's this section where the uh the like all the covenant are coming out of that like uh you know that hole they put in the glass with the ship yep yep yep. they're funneling out of there and there's like four five or six waves and there's like barely any mags or there's like barely any ammo or any grenades in that room and they just keep coming and they just soak up your ammo and there's they do so much damage and there's not many good places to strategically attack them it's just you get stuck there for so long um but there's that and then also Halo 2 Legendary is the only it's the only Halo Legendary mode where if your co-op partner dies, you die immediately.
1: Oh yeah, that's right.
2: So there's no way to even cheese it on co-op. But yeah, but anyways, to wrap up my story, like basically it was just all night long. It was just, it was hilarious. It was tons of fun doing a Halo 2 LAN party um, Kyle's house and that's kind of, if I don't, if Kyle hadn't have done that, I don't know if I would have done you know, my own LAN parties later. He kind of set up the trend for that what's so cool is you know because back then it was original xboxes and we didn't have a wi-fi and stuff like that we literally had an xbox branded hub in the center of the table with green ethernet cords coming out into each xbox like oh, that's, that's how we connect cool. that's pretty like cool. there was no internet. it was just ethernet cables you know that's um,
1: that's kind of it's kind of a uh, poetic in a way that can you know to consider like you know that was your first time doing that at Kyle's, and then the last time we'd done it before you got, you know, before you got married was at Kyle's. That's that's pretty fitting.
2: Yeah, you're right, man. man. That's crazy. Um,
1: <clears throat> yeah. Anything else you want to add on that before we move on?
2: No, I think that's pretty good for Halo too. What's the next topic? Uh, yeah. So yesterday,
1: uh, the Halo on Showtime Twitter posted a picture of the cast that's assembled, and it read that the Table reads are complete, and the production on it is about to begin. So I know you saw that. Uh, What are your thoughts on that so far?
2: Okay, I got a lot of thoughts on this, because this this pretty much dominated what I was thinking about yesterday. So I guess I'm just going to kind of clarify and run away with it here. Um, (coughs) On one hand, hand, okay, so the Halo TV series was first announced at E3 2013, back when the Xbox One was launching. It was supposed to be this project they were doing with Spielberg and – um, that was back when the Xbox One was supposed to be just this uh, very TV, multimedia-centered um, box. And uh, obviously, as we all know, that didn't pan out too well. Microsoft kind of deviated away from that. And the, the Halo show kind of went on ice. But the interesting thing was, every time someone asked someone at Microsoft or 343 about the Halo show, they would keep saying that it was in production still. It was still something that they were working on. And, Correct. You know, that was 2000. 2000- yeah it was 2013 they announced it and now it's 2019 so you kind of just got to the point where you're like why don't they just say that it's canceled um but finally yesterday on twitter they posted that uh they posted the picture of the entire cast and said that the production was starting and um on one hand like i've always wanted like like a good halo movie or tv show And I would love to have that, but my expectations aren't like ridiculously high or anything. It's one of those things where I'm glad it exists and I'm going to watch it and I hope for the best. I hope it's good content, but um, I'm going to watch it either way. You know, I watched (coughs) some of the shorter, shorter Halo films like Halo Nightfall, Halo Ford Under Dawn. And um, those were like on an objective level, not that good. But as a Halo fan, it was cool to just kind of be back in the universe through that. Um, so with the halo showtime series, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. I'm not expecting it to be this revolutionary series. I'm not expecting it to be like a game of Thrones quality thing. Um, but that's just kind of my intro to what my thoughts are on the show and kind of what's, uh, what's going on with the show. But the thing that I really want to talk about, which irritated me a lot yesterday was, um, the choices for casting. And I'm sure you knew I was getting to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's my opinion. I think let me let me let me first start by saying, for those who don't know, they casted the character of Captain Keys from the game. They casted him with a black actor, and they casted his daughter Miranda Keys with a black actor as well. Uh, so in the games, Captain Keys and his daughter were both were both uh, white characters, but in, in the show, they're going to be black characters. Now, in my personal opinion, that doesn't bother me because. It's a, it's a show that it's, it's it's its own thing and they're the same characters and if they chose these actors to play these characters because they thought they would do a good job at playing the roles, I think that's perfectly fine like I think it's there's nothing wrong with that um, i I will say that I understand for people, including myself, like if you because like I envisioned. Captain Keys and his daughter being white because they were in the game. That's not that's not a, a wrong a wrong thought to have because they were in the game. But just because I envision them that way doesn't mean I have a problem with the fact that they casted black a black actor and black actress to uh, to play those characters. But the Halo community um, on Twitter was just it was just so much of it was embarrassing to me because they were just treating these the people behind the production of Halo, the the people at 343, um, you know, you have Kiki Wolfkill, Frank O'Connor, then you have all these actors and actresses that are real people with real passions. And people were just dogging them, like just treating them like crap, saying that they had no interest in the show, that the show was going to be useless, worthless. They didn't want anything to do with it. They weren't going to watch it just because Captain (coughs) Keys and and, and Miranda Keys. uh, And mostly, most of the topic was, was on Captain Keys, not his daughter, for some reason. But they made they made him black, uh, black, black black uh, actors and actresses, and and people just acted like that ruined the whole show. And I get preferring that they were white just because that's what you were accustomed to. But there gets to a point. There's like a line between what's familiar to you and then just being an awful person. And I just think that some of the comments that people had and and the way people are treating these actors is just wrong. And honestly. You know, I just want a good Halo show. And if the show's good, if it's actual quality, that's okay. Like, that's that's fine with me. I don't mind it at all. Um, so, uh, the long and short of it is, you know, it's going to be a couple years before that show's actually out. Uh, I'm going to watch it. I'm sure Josh will watch it. We're going to be talking about it on the podcast. And uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. What do you, what do you think, Josh?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> excuse me for the coughing. Uh, I... I, I feel, <clears throat> excuse me, somewhat similar, like, I mean, I, I it, to me, it, like, it'd be, it wouldn't make a difference, uh, what ethnicity the person is, like, the character it is, you know, just in anything when they tend to get cast differently, I'm like, I, a part of me doesn't like that because I'm so familiar to them being one way, um, I get that, but, yeah, I but I don't mind at the same time because, like, <clears throat> if I want. You know, if I was the kind of person like the people on Twitter who have just been really rude, um, like you, they can go back and play Halo and they're going to have their captain keys that specific way. You know what I mean? This is just a, a different
0: uh, medium to
1: show. And, yeah, a different medium. So I'm like, I'm completely open to whatever they want to do, because I'm not looking at this personally as like the official, official, like, Halo show of shows, if that makes sense. Um, And and, and regardless of that, even if it was, I'm completely open to the idea because, again, like, it's a different medium. The games are still there. Just like if casting or characters or something was altered in a Marvel film as opposed to how something might have happened in the comics or something with a character, you know, um, I don't really – I'm completely open to all of it. You know, I, I don't mind. And, and uh, uh, I mean, the, the cast, they look like, you know, I'm looking at the picture now and they just look like the the friendliest group of people. And that makes me feel really good because it looks like there's some chemistry there. You know, I really get that impression and it <clears throat> makes me feel really good about it. I mean, in fact, I think uh, over especially over Nightfall, uh since I followed that one leading up to its release, uh, I feel much better. About this, uh, this show in particular. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I'm uh, what it doesn't really matter to me that uh, different ethnicities have been casted um, or anything like that. But, uh, but I understand what you're saying, and just because of familiarity, and then also like, yeah, it's ridiculous to see how rude people have gotten.
2: Um, yeah, if, I, know if that, I can, like, like let me make a statement. Tell me if we're on the same page with this. Just and just so everyone listening can hear this too. If if you're disappointed that Captain Keys and Miranda Keys aren't played by white actors because that's what you were familiar with and that's what you would have preferred. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's completely okay to have that sentiment that you would have preferred what was familiar um, and have that preference. I don't think that's a problem. I really don't. I just think that when you start being rude and attacking the new actors, that is unacceptable. (coughs) Would you agree to that? Yeah. yeah, Because you're not saying it's like it's
1: anything to do with just white specifically. It'd be like if you know someone tried to cast uh, Sergeant Johnson as like a white dude. You'd be like, wait, no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I see what you're saying, and and yeah, it's it's uncalled for. I mean, I, that that happened with when Force Awakens was coming out, and that first teaser had dropped, and you see Finn as a stormtrooper, and I remember I remember seeing comments of guys that were just super mad that there was a black stormtrooper and it's like for one super racist and for <laughs> two how do you know what those dudes look like you know under the helmets, yeah. like what do you like it's just it's just these like we live in such a knee-jerk reaction exact uh, culture and it's just uh it's ridiculous but um something something else about the show i kind of wanted to get into uh and i just I, I don't know if did you read any more before i get into it did you happen to read any more up on the show
2: I want to say I read everything, but you might have something
1: I didn't read. Okay, well, I'm going to go over a couple things real quickly, and then we're just going to touch on them. Um, so it mentioned that uh, three new people have joined the show. Uh, and uh, if I pronounce their names, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I mispronounced their names, I'm sorry. Uh, Danny Sapani, Olive Gray, and Charlie Murphy. And um, it said Sapani is going to play Captain Jacob Keys, who is described as a dedicated military man a war hero and a caring father he finds that working alongside his daughter and his ex-wife is usually the cause of conflict rather than comfort what do you think of that
2: yeah i did hear about that i think you know it's going to be a show on showtime and there needs to be proper drama and and uh you know character character interactions and i think i mean i don't know if you're somebody who hasn't got too deep into the lore you actually might not know that uh, Miranda keys is the daughter of Dr. Halsey and Jacob keys. They actually Jacob keys and uh, Dr. Halsey had a relationship and it's um, I can't remember where, like, I I can't say where the best place is to like um, to get that information. But I know in the, the journal that came with the halo reach collector's edition, it, it talks more about their relationship and, and, Dr. Halsey talks about her uh, daughter, Miranda, but, uh, I mean, I don't think it's too surprising that they're divorced or whatnot. I didn't, I don't think I knew they were married at any point. I'm not sure if that's in the lore. It may be. Um, but you definitely knew, knew they were separated. Um, Jacob keys is a, is a, a good honorable man who, who like duty comes first. And Dr. Halsey is a morally gray character who cares more about her work than her own family. Um, so it makes sense that they're not together and I'm sure there'll be, you know, drama in the show uh through those characters. Um you know, I think it's I mean I see I think going back to kind of what you said about like knee-jerk reactions, I think it's okay for me to say I had different ideas for this show, like and I had things like I would have I would have thought, you know, Captain Keys and his daughter would have been casted by white people because of the 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 game. Uh, but I don't have a problem with that. I would have thought, I would not have put any, uh, I wouldn't have put any of the show time into um, things surrounding the Keys family or, or divorce. I'm not, I'm, that's not something that I'm particularly interested in seeing in the Halo universe. But that being said, I'm still glad it's there. I'm still glad that the show's being created. And I have to have an open mind towards these things. I have to uh, wait and see. And, and maybe I could really like them. Um, I have, I have faith that the people involved want to do well and they're, they're passionate about the show. And um, one thing I saw on Twitter earlier today was somebody said um, they were unhappy with the casting and the direction of the, of the show. So they're going to have to pass on it. And when someone says that to me, I'm like, that's, that's ridiculous because the show is not even produced yet. You have nothing to pass on. It's just been announced. So let's let's wait and see. Let's wait until there's a little bit more out there, you know, before we quote unquote <laughs> pass on. You know, I'm I'm very open minded. Um, I don't mind. I don't mind that. I think it makes sense for a, a show that wants to have some some drama and stuff. Well, what do you think, Josh?
1: Oh, I agree. I mean, I, I I didn't see that comment personally. But when I see stuff like that, I just kind of roll my eyes because it's it's a bit premature, you know, to. Just write something off before you've even seen uh, an image of it. You know, I just it's (laughs) like you get so worked up over something not going your way in your head. You know, it doesn't look like how you envision it. And then you're just like, oh, never mind. Don't want it. Don't care. You know, it's ridiculous. I mean, there's there's been so many things in my life I didn't know I wanted or I didn't know if I was interested in until I experienced it. You know, I'm not even like it's a it's a whole different topic for. Uh, probably a different show, but uh you know dungeons and dragons i I just never really had a group to play that with. I was always open to the idea of it, but I also didn't know a lot of it and it on on the outside it has some negative connotations to it, but um I played it uh, I fell in love with it um I'm gonna be playing it tomorrow with some friends and uh completely opened my eyes to that kind of experience and you know it just goes to show that. In any medium, you know, just keep an open mind about stuff, you know, uh, especially in this day and age when, you know, there's so many sequels and reboots and, and, and stuff that familiar forms of media to what we've already come accustomed to. Uh, like, I think it's best to keep an open mind because it's like, you know, when Aladdin came out, people were upset, you know, because they, you know, with Will Smith, because it's like, oh, it's not Robin Williams. Well, you know, unfortunately, Robin Williams isn't around anymore. You gotta, if you're gonna do that kind of movie, you gotta have somebody else. And I was really excited for Will Smith, yeah. but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just, I, I get, I get what you're saying. It's just, uh, I'm so excited for this. Uh, I just it's, it feels like this has the most, um, potential to be good out of all the the sort of stuff I think three four three has been involved with in terms of. Halo short films or or just, you know, films in general. So, but uh, in addition to that, I was going to say, oh, go ahead. Go
2: ahead. I was just going to say well, a couple things. I was going to say, like, think about this. The show is going to have Master Chief. It's going to have Cortana. Uh, and, like, you know, it's a Halo show. Like, picture a high-quality Halo show with, like, awesome storyline and, like, really cool character development. And, you know, just because one character – is a different race or is, or has, you know, things you didn't expect to be there. Like we, we just, like you said, we just have no idea what the show is going to be. You know, it's a long way out from production. We haven't even seen an image yet. So um, I just think we should uh, keep our expectations in check and, and just, um, you know, not be, I mean, you don't, you don't have to watch it. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything, but I don't know, just be, just be kind and courteous about that stuff. And, I, I'm surprised you didn't mention yet, Josh. Did you know that um, the guy who got cast to play Captain Keys he was in he was in Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Uh, I did not know that. Who did he play? Yeah. Uh, I think it's probably somebody who just has a couple lines, but because I looked him up and I didn't really wasn't familiar. But he is he is in The Last Jedi, and he's also in I cannot believe I forgot, but he's also in another big, huge film that we've watched. That I've just completely just completely left my brain as to what, what film that was because um, they yeah, said that's he came from me. yeah so he he was in Last Jedi I think he might have been like a maybe like a captain or corporal or something on one of those um, like uh, first order ships.
1: Which character are we talking about again? I'm gonna search this up. real uh, quick What we're talking S-
2: about? Sapani guy, the the black guy who's playing. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was in Last Jedi. He was in one other movie. I'm not sure what that movie was. I can It's escaping me now. Um, but did you hear, did you have anything else to say about Halo, the Halo show? Cause there's one other thing I wonder if you're going to mention or not.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So just while we're on the subject of this, uh, and I'm sorry guys, uh, Star Wars is going to pop up from time to time. Uh, yeah. So he played, I'm not sure what the character specific name is, but he was in, uh, the last Jedi when Holdo was the, Having some of the ships like evacuate and stuff like that, um, he he is one of the the captains of a ship that ends up blowing up, and he kind of oh, speaks yeah, to hold Hul- yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so that's cool. That is awesome. Yeah, I thought he looked kind of familiar. That's oh,
2: that makes me happy. Okay, are you, so yeah, are you on awesome? IMDb because uh, he's in another big movie too? I want to mention. I can't.
1: No, I just threw that in the Google machine, but um...
2: okay. yeah. yeah, I don't know what the other something else, but um... if you think of it. Be sure to mention it.
1: But uh, yeah, yeah, so moving on, um, it mentions that uh, Olive Gray will play Dr. Miranda Keys, a brilliant UNSC commander who is dedicated to understanding the technology, language and culture of the covenant. But you'll have to learn to navigate the politics of the UNSC to get what she wants. Um, I think that one's pretty much sounds like, for the most part, I think what we're kind of accustomed to with Miranda Keys, right? Like, I mean, aside from maybe navigating some of the political aspects, but I mean, maybe there was more in the books I don't know about.
2: Yeah, it, may, it makes sense to me. I mean, um, I, somebody's some people have mentioned that like the timeline might be off as far as like how, you know how old Master Chief is, as opposed to like Miranda being born, as opposed to like Captain Keys and Doctor Halsey not being together. But this, like like we said before, this whole show is just going to be its own thing. You know, I don't yeah. think it's been confirmed. I don't think it's been confirmed whether it's canon or not. But I have to believe that it's probably not like canon. Canon um yeah. because it just it just appears that it won't line up at all with anything else so i think it's gonna be its own thing which i've always said like work on making a good movie first and then then add the stuff to it like i'd rather have them make a fantastic movie you know and, and add halo to it than then make something fantastically halo and then make it add a terrible movie to it you know what i mean um, absolutely so if, if it's a great show that i want to tune into every week like <laughs> do what you guys got to do. It's, it's fine. Uh, did you hear, did you hear about the, the one other thing they announced about the, the other character? Yeah, I'm actually going to get to that. Um, right. But
1: I did, I did want to say first that this, is the thing too, is I think people it, it's, it's worth noting that, you know, it's really hard when you're trying to adapt something, it's really hard for to, to please fans. I mean, we're so, you know, we have those knee jerk reactions. We're so quick to be critical when because we're always comparing it to the source material, right? So I think something like this that's trying to be a bit similar but trying to be a bit of its own thing actually has me more excited because some of these things, uh, it's it's a little different and I don't quite know what to expect. I don't it doesn't feel like a tit for tat remake of like Halo Reach wow. or, or or you know, Halo Combat Evolved or something like that. Like I'm really excited to just you know, it's worth noting that this has potential to be something that we like even more because when we're watching it, we're not going to necessarily be holding it to what came before, you know, it's its own thing. So it might be even more, yeah. uh, th- there's an opportunity to have that be even more enjoyable is what I'm trying to say. So
2: it's just, it's just such a, it's such an uphill struggle. I, I, I feel, I feel for anybody, I guess anybody in any kind of content creation because there's just no way to win. You know, there's always someone who's upset and it doesn't matter how much goodwill you've earned, you can lose it in a second. And, and I'm not, we're not going to, you know, this is a whole other topics. So we won't go into it, but like game of Thrones comes to mind that that show was praised to the ends of the earth and everyone held it in such high regards and nothing but good things to say for so long. And just because it ended in what most people would say poorly, um, the show just all, it's all negativity. Now it's all negative. Like all the years of hard work and goodwill is seemingly worth nothing because of how it ended. And I, I don't think that's, I think it's fair to be frustrated. I think it's fair to have problems. Um, But you know, that's just not, let's just be, let's be honest and true. Like let's, let's treat, let's treat our, like, let's, let's, how do I want to put this? If I was in person in front of those actors and the people behind Game of Thrones or the people behind Halo, how would I act towards them? You know, I think most of us would want to be respectable people and there's just no, no, nothing good comes out of going online and, and not, not having constructive criticism. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. 100%. I mean, uh, two things come to mind, Brian, when uh, you mentioned that stuff, like one, like Halo as an example, when Halo four came out, you know, it, it had some mixed Uh, had some mixed feelings, you know, with people, uh, mixed opinions and stuff like that. And, you know, people were so quick to say, oh, Halo sucks now, or Halo 5 came out and people were like, oh, Halo sucks. You know, and and, and then with Star Wars, with the prequels, you know, I think for the most part, the general consensus nowadays is that Revenge of the Sith was a pretty good film um, compared, you know, to maybe how people felt about the first two. But then people will still say the prequels suck. And I just kind of hate when we get this hive mind... Uh, collective uh, negative opinion, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, about things, you know, so it's it's kind of annoying, like with Game of Thrones, like you were saying, you know, it, it, it was really good throughout, super popular, and just, you know, everyone, even if they didn't watch it, somebody knew about it, you know, they knew of the name, but then the show ended, and so many people were upset about it, that it would just kind of put this shadow or cloud if you will over the entire rest of the show and then it was just people started saying game of thrones sucks and it's like man come on can you just maybe say why you feel it sucks instead of just it sucks i don't know i prefer the discussion over the
2: uh
1: the As absolute course. opinion yeah yeah
2: but uh, yeah, uh yeah it's, on- it's just entertainment you know it's a, there's no reason to threaten the lives of people who worked hard because entertainment didn't turn out the way you wanted
1: (laughs) yeah it's you know you said in the last episode with halo but like it's just it's just a game you know this stuff is just there's shows and movies it's like you shouldn't if you're getting that upset about that kind of stuff about entertainment like that yeah you need to take a look at yourself and maybe re-examine how you feel about things but yeah
2: go ahead well i'll say here's a crazy here's a crazy thought like the guy that they just cast to play jacob Keys he's more real than the universe of Halo is. So why treat yeah. him like garbage? You know? Yeah. But anyways, yeah. back on to the, the next part you had. Yeah, um,
1: Yeah. this is something, it sounds like you already know about this, but it's something I, I really wanted to pick your brain about because I felt like it was the most controversial statement or, or bit of information we got. Uh, so it mentions that Charlie Murphy, which uh, is a female to my understanding, because uh, when I first read the name, I thought that was a male, so I misunderstood it myself, but Um, Charlie Murphy is going to play a character called Mackie, I think, uh, an orphaned human who was raised by the alien covenant and shares their contempt for humanity. What do you think about that? What are your thoughts?
2: Well, I mean, to first, like to clarify, um, well, let's see, I'm trying to organize my thoughts on this. So immediately my first response is that doesn't particularly make a lot of sense to me that, that a human was raised by covenant, especially since it's quite very well established in the games that games and extended media that the covenant are are out to destroy and eliminate the humans entirely because the covenant believe in this religion of the forerunners, and that they'll ascend to godhood, and that that humanity is as a as an affront to their gods and they need to be exterminated and wiped out. Um, so I don't know why they would raise one specifically. Um, but so that, that immediately that kind of doesn't seem to add up to for me the most, but then I also think about all the different mediums and shows and, and different stories I've heard where something like this exists, where the enemy raises, um, raises that the opposing sides, you know, race or, or, you know, child or whatever. I've, I've, I've seen this done in stories before. It's not new, and it's been done well in the past. And I think there is room there for them to, to make the story make sense as to why this is happening. And I could see it being done. Well, I think my immediate reaction is that it's not something I would have done or or it's not something I would have seen out of the halo universe. Um, But once again, I I think it's fine to not, to not really care for that or not be a big fan of that. Just, just be respectful. You know, what do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, no. I feel the same way. I mean, I, I don't think I could
1: have said it better, really. I mean, it's it's kind of, it seems weird on paper, you know, that uh, Covenant, just based on what we know, like would raise a, a human that develops some kind of Stockholm syndrome contempt for humanity uh, from the sound of it. But, I mean, again, you know, it's its own thing. So uh, I'm kind of excited. I'm so excited to see where they take it. You know, just it's like at this point, like just the fact that Chief is in it And this is going to be on Showtime. This is going to be... This sounds like it has a bigger budget to my understanding. I don't know the exact number, if it's even out there. But it just seems like this has more effort being put into it than, you know, Forward Unto
2: Dawn or Nightfall. Definitely definitely has a bigger budget. I know they said the budget for Forward Unto Dawn was $10 million, which is virtually nothing for creating. Uh, That was just a web series that ended up being compiled into a, a standalone film, but... Yeah, ten million. A ten, I, have a, I wouldn't be surprised if they'd already spent ten million on the Halo show just getting it to where it's at now. I don't I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's worth mentioning too. Uh the series is currently scheduled to air in the first quarter of 2021. So uh like you said before, Brian, we definitely have a ways to wait. Um and from what they're saying here, uh from what variety reports is that uh Showtime had originally ordered a ten episode series of it. Uh, but uh looks like it's since been trimmed down to nine episodes. So um, take that for what you will, but uh, it does seem like shows are starting to move toward uh, like a 10 or under limit. I'm noticing, like, I think the witcher coming out in December, I think has eight episodes, Uh, the Mandalorian uh, airing Tuesday that has uh, eight episodes, I think.
2: So, um, but if it's quality, if it's content, if it's quality content, you know, I don't care if it's three episodes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, But yeah. uh, So moving on, uh, because we talked about that for a while, which is is great. it's it's nice because I feel like we're finally getting some headway on that show for the first time in forever. So it's it's nice to see again. You know, it's just it's it's a great time to be a Halo fan because now there's this too to look forward to. It's just there's like so much. I'm I'm so excited for us to get like the first trailer or screenshot or whatever they're gonna give us. But yeah. So moving on, um, uh, November sixth, uh, actually just a couple days ago, we hit the seventh year anniversary of Halo Four. Now uh brian was absolutely super excited about this i'm gonna let him talk more about it but i'll just go on record by saying uh, i wasn't really playing video games particularly at this point when the game came out in fact i don't even think i was aware that there was a transition between bungie to 343 Um, so when i had played it finally um, it felt even more confusing than i think it would have had i followed it and just been confused itself by certain aspects of the story but um i didn't like it at the time that was my my first impression i felt it was like very short i felt um i didn't really play the multiplayer but i felt the campaign was just different i didn't i I didn't really find myself enjoying it but uh in time since then um each time i played it it's grown on me more and more and i i really really like parts of it especially uh the dynamic between uh chief and miranda so uh or i'm sorry uh i said chief and miranda uh Chief and Cortana. Oh my God. I was like, what is her name? I forgot who she was. But, um, yeah. So, I, I mean, what about you, Brian? I want to hear you talk about that. Cause I know that was a huge deal for you,
2: man. There's so much I could say about Halo four. It's, it's been a roller coaster. Um, I will start by saying that I remember waiting for the launch of Halo reach and thinking to myself, this is Bungie's last Halo game. And it will be, it will be the last good Halo game because that's what I thought to myself at the time. I was like, you know, Halo is so special. Bungie is this unique company, and I just can't see anyone else pulling it off. So I just really saw Reach as probably, you know, the end um, until, uh, I, I think this. I think I think three four three started to to gain some some traction with me when they announced Halo Anniversary, and I thought that was really well done. Uh, that was back in 2011, and then I saw the first trailer for Halo Four, uh, the the announcement trailer, and I was so hyped i could not believe how hyped i was i i thought that i thought that maybe my fandom lied with laid with bungie but it was really with halo and i remember watching it in the summer of 2011 at e3 uh i don't know if you remember josh but this was the trailer that had it started off with showing like like a brain and kind of like like stem cells of the brain and you could hear like someone talking and it it kind of moved up through the brain and it, you eventually heard cortana saying wake up john and it panned back and it was the cg trailer of chief bursting out of cryo and 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 saying i'm here and he grabs cortana and he kind of floats out of the ship until he gets to the edge of the the broken the broken ship and he looks down and he sees he kind of reloads his weapon and he sees uh this planet beneath which is ends up being requiem and uh and then halo 4 was it was halo 4 was announced and this whole like marketing campaign with, you know, wake up John. And finally we get to see chief, you know, Cortana's waking him up when, when she needs him. And I was just like, man, this, I was just so excited, what I wanted exactly. And I started to see more things come out and game informer and, and more screenshots online. And I started to, once I saw the first screenshot of the game, I was like, wow, this game is beautiful. Like, I cannot believe they're pulling this off on the Xbox three hundred and sixty And I just got, I got so hyped for it, and uh, you know, there's new books coming out, and um, I just I love the I love the direction that the graphics were taking, and Ford and Dawn came out that year on the build up to uh, Halo Four because Halo Four was going to introduce this new character, Thomas Lasky, and Ford and the Dawn shows Thomas Lasky as a, a younger younger man and in college, I believe, Corbulo Academy. And he ends up meeting the master chief for the first time. And so I watched the Ford and the dawn leading up to it and all the promotional materials. And I remember they had the, they brought game fuel back and I was collecting the caps to get double X. <laughs> and I was just so, so stoked for halo four. I had really high expectations. And, uh, uh, I went to the midnight launch and I got the game and I came home and I got home about 1230 and I started it up and I played it for six hours straight and beat the entire game. Um, I believe I played it in normal. I don't know why I did that. I'm usually a heroic guy, uh, but I beat the whole game about six hours. Uh, I just imagine the Brian I know would want to get through the story and consume it as quickly as yeah, possible. I just, I just, I just had to know what happened, you know, cause I remember in 2007 finishing Halo three and thinking, wow, like they put cheap in cryo and that's the last time we're ever going to see him. And then to five years later now have the chance to, to see what happens when he wakes up. I was just so enthralled and, and ready to see that story. Plus Plus, they talked in promotional material and like Vidocs and stuff about how they were really going to try to bring more character to the Chief and and make him and Cortana have this more, you know, on-screen dynamic of more of a relationship than, than ever before. And I was just so excited. I sat through and played the whole game in six hours, and it, it met all my expectations. Halo 4 was exactly what I wanted. Um, I think the first mission of Halo 4 literally was almost dot for dot, like – moment for moment, exactly what I wanted in Halo 4, like the first mission, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, waking up and getting through the ship and landing on a new planet. Like it had everything going for it. And um, I was just, I was super stoked. I loved Halo 4. I loved its campaign. I loved the way it characterized Master Chief and Cortana. I thought the story was more character centered than any Halo prior. I thought for a new development studio it was a fantastic job i loved everything about it um i even liked the multiplayer which you know from a competitive standpoint was not where it should be uh, obviously they they figured that out quickly and and righted the ship with title updates and then eventually halo 5 which had great multiplayer yeah um, if i can pick your brain for
1: a moment on that
2: like chat me up about the multiplayer when it had come out
1: around that point because for those that don't know or maybe haven't played it you know they it, fundamentally the gameplay itself was still the same core halo but they ended up adding in things like from call like you might have seen in the call of duty series like ordinance drops and stuff and and the game was I, i'm sure we'll talk more length about in some maybe halo four centric multiplayer episode or something but but you know they, they they had just changed some things but uh what i wanted to ask you was um i know that the player base was very high at the beginning, and then it dropped significantly quite fast. I mean, what do you what do you remember of that? What do you know of that?
0: Well, when Halo 4 launched, basically,
2: so picture for, you know, people who weren't there at the time. So, you know, Halo 3's multiplayer. Um, it was Halo 3's multiplayer, but now everyone could sprint. And instead of equipment, you had armor abilities. And instead of instead of, like, weapons being strategically placed on the map, and everyone starting with the same weapons, you had, you had your own loadouts you made, just kind of similar to Call of Duty. So, you picked like, you know, I may be starting with a battle rifle and a pistol, and Josh may have been starting with a DMR and an assault rifle. Um, and, you know, maybe he started with two plasma grenades. I started with two frag grenades. Um, and then everyone also chose their armor abilities. So you had, you had someone like me starting out with a, a battle rifle two frag grenades and uh, I always like to use the thruster pack, which lets you thrust left or right forward or backward to kind of get out of, get out of fire real quick. And and then I may be facing off against someone who is using, you know, the DMR and two plasmas and and Promethean vision and Promethean vision was a, a, was a armor ability that lets you see through walls and like, or see like body heat signatures kind of, so I could see if someone was in a room or something. And uh, basically for me, the reason I was able to have so much fun and enjoy Halo Fours multiplayer is because anyone who knows me knows I don't have a competitive bone in my body and Halo Fours multiplayer just, it made it more fun from a, I mean, it wasn't story driven at all, but it was like being able to pick my own loadouts and perks and kind of have all that stuff up in the air made it more fun for me as a, as a casual multiplayer person. But what it ended up doing is, You had people sprinting around the map unlimited um, with different guns, different armor abilities. And the sprint, uh, if you've played Halo 5, if you sprint in Halo 5 and someone shoots you, um, your your shields won't recharge unless you stop sprinting. Uh, But in Halo 4, what would happen is you could sprint unlimited and your shields would recharge while sprinting. So oftentimes the way engagements would play out in Halo 4 is a bunch of different random guns and armor abilities and whatnot would come into a big Conglomerate pile and and then people would just sprint away and not get killed when they should have so it was just it wasn't competitive it wasn't fair per se it wasn't fun having someone you know sprint away all the time and when they should have died and uh, you know just it wasn't about weapon placement on the map it was just it was kind of chaotic which like i said it made it fun for someone casual like me but um It just wasn't the competitive Halo that people wanted, and I understand why they had to move on from that.
1: Yeah, uh, Uh, it's also uh, probably something we should mention that. um, uh, I'm not sure what time you can – if you know, Brian, you can mention it, uh, but I know that when I had played it for the first time with you, and I think it was 2014, um, by that point, 343 had removed things like Ordnance Drops, and they had changed a lot.
2: I didn't even mention the ordinance drops. Like I know you did, but yeah, you could also if you got enough kills and stuff, you could call in a drop that would drop like a power weapon or something, which completely removed the element of Halo multiplayer where you're you're trying to get to certain areas in the map because you know they have power weapons because now people were just calling down power weapons anywhere. Which um, but yeah, I mean
1: even just play. saying it sounds weird, doesn't it? Does it not? I mean, yeah,
2: yeah it doesn't It doesn't fit Halo, really. I mean, the thing is, and Josh and I have talked about this before, it was really, on one hand, it was really unfair of people to say, like, oh, Halo 4 is just Call of Duty multiplayer now. That's really unfair and disingenuous because it was Halo 4 gameplay at its core, but they were right to say that, you know, it had added so many things from Call of Duty and other shooters, like things that didn't belong in Halo, but the actual core gameplay, it was... It was Halo heavily hindered and disrupted by all these additions, sprint and, and armor abilities and ordnance drops. And for the record, that doesn't mean sprint. And I'm not saying I'm on either side. I, I would be happy with a Halo that had no sprint, and I'd be happy with a Halo that had sprint done in the vein of Halo 5. But that's not, I'm just making, sure, making it clear here that I don't believe sprint is an issue with Halo per se. I think it could be good either way. Um, but in Halo 4, it was definitely an issue because – Halo 4, it just acted as a way to to run around crazy and, and dodge and get away from fights you should have lost, where Halo 5, it's implemented proper. Yeah,
1: I mean, but, the way I personally look at it is that, you know, Halo 4 was very much, like the multiplayer specifically was, it was a continuation of what I think Bungie had done. You know, they, they built off of that. However, it also had a bit of an identity crisis in terms of it trying to do some new things, from that that you had seen in maybe some other games and stuff like that. So it was this sort of hodgepodge mix, I think, of what was familiar and also what you might have seen elsewhere. And I think for most people, it didn't work, which is why they kind of changed it so fast and the player base had dropped. But when I look at Halo 5's multiplayer, I feel like that's where... I'm really glad they did did it the way they did because it felt like Halo 4 is... It's more of what you are familiar with. Halo 5 was what Halo needed to become in terms of multiplayer. It was what it needed to grow into, you know, more modern and, and, and fast, but it felt more balanced and stuff. And it got back to weapon placements and stuff. We'll talk about that another time, but would you agree?
2: Yeah, I agree completely. And it's something I'll just say is for anybody who's listening that might not, maybe their Halo fandom has died down, or maybe they're just friends of ours listening that haven't really been into Halo for a while, Maybe you didn't. Maybe you didn't like the direction that you saw Halo go after Halo 3. Um, Halo 5. Josh and I think it has the best multiplayer. We think it is the best multiplayer in the series. It is faithful to Halo and is the proper evolution. So, if you've been turned away by you know um, other Halo games, I think it's it's worth noting that like Halo 5 is a, a very good place to go. It's 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 worth playing. And I think I need to mention too that. To the fairness of 343 um, that the distaste for halo multiplayer really started with halo reach a lot of people didn't like there was loadouts in halo reach there was there was armor abilities in halo reach and and that's kind of that's where bungie left left the franchise and 343 then had to try to carry on bungie's legacy by making a good follow-up that respected halos prior but also tried to incorporate this new direction that bungie was going because you know that is the direction Bungie left Halo in. So you can kind of see the influence of Halo Reach in Halo Four, and really, if you look at Halo Reach, the only direction for that particular multiplayer to evolve was what Halo Four became. Um, and and luckily, we, you know, we don't give three for three enough credit. Like they saw after Halo Four, they're like, wait a minute, we've we've went too far in this direction. We know Halo Three had the equipment, Halo Reach had the uh, the armor abilities. And then Halo Four had armor abilities and ordnance drops and kin- kill cams and all the stuff. And yeah, we also haven't mentioned that how they they treated the scoring system differently too. Oh yeah, they, they went by points instead of kills and mm-hmm. and you know I think three four three realized that hey we've we've went too far in this direction like instead of evolving like it was it really was Halo Combat evolved you know Halo one to two maybe even three a little bit uh, three is where it started to like add like Josh and I have been over this too, like Halo three did not need the equipment that it had, like the trip mines and the bubble shield, but I love it though. I love it too. I love it too. And they they were added in such a way that it didn't really hurt the multiplayer, but it just kind of, it kind of kept it neutral. But Halo three is where they started to kind of go, you know, this is where it stopped evolving and it kind of just, it started to just add super filius things um, to it. Um, So, so three, four, three kind of stepped back and they said, what, what are the core principles of Halo? What makes Halo multiplayer good? How can we evolve it properly? And they ended up, you know, getting with pro team players, and they crafted Halo Five multiplayer, which is insanely good. If we were if we were judging Halo Five as a game exclusively off of its multiplayer, it's one of the best Halos ever, which is crazy to say. It's really <laughs> yeah. uh, definitely controversial. But but to bring it, yeah to bring it back, you know, uh, to top mm-hmm. kind of top this, this off because. Originally, this was you know about Halo Four's anniversary. Um, can I, I'll give my kind of final thoughts and see if yeah. Josh does anything he wants to wrap it up with. But uh, Halo 4, its campaign was fantastic. I loved it. I still love it to this day. Um, the multiplayer, I enjoyed. I wasn't particularly like... It wasn't like my favorite multiplayer, but I didn't have a problem with it. I think they righted the ship on that. Um, Spartan Ops, while it wasn't particularly... It got, the gameplay itself for Spartan Ops kind of got repetitive quick. It wasn't my favorite thing. I did like the extended story and cutscenes that came with that. Um, the only thing I don't, there's two things I don't really like about Spartan Ops story. One is that they destroyed the planet of Requiem by like flying it into the sun, which on one hand, it's fine. But on the other hand, I kind of liked Requiem and I, I, I might've liked to see us return there one day in some form, but it's gone. And then I didn't like they, they, made Dr. Halsey lose her arm for, for no real reason. Like I understand doing that um if it served a good purpose. Like I feel like in you know Empire Strikes Back, Luke loses his hand and it kind of makes this really big traumatic moment and kind of like brings us as the viewer to a low point and and they end up giving him a robotic hand to, to kind of let him still be the same character despite suffering that issue. And I kinda wish they did the same thing for Dr. Halsey. I'm not really sure why they made that decision. but ultimately spartan ops i think it was a really good effort i think it offered some some cool things ultimately i think it's good they moved on from that i don't think the gameplay was really there it was just kind of really repetitive missions and familiar maps um but um i will say for for halo 4 and its story um and there's an article i wrote on this on on the sacred icon halo page but um I loved Halo Four. Had no problems with its story or its campaign. I thought it was built up so beautifully by the background material and the the novels that, that led up to it. Um, and I just loved the game. But when Halo Five came out, and I was really disappointed with that story, um, I kind of retroactively started to hate on Halo Four because I was just so upset by the direction of Halo Five. But the years have been kind, and and I've kind of realized that you know, just because. One thing wasn't good doesn't mean you have to hate the other thing. And I love Halo Four. I always have. I think it's a great game. And uh, despite the shortcomings of Five, I think Three Four Three should be praised for what they did with Halo 4's uh, with Halo Four's campaign. So,
0: happy birthday to Halo Four.
2: I I love that game. I uh, can't believe it's been seven years.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, you look at what, how much pressure they were probably under trying to make the next Halo. Uh, the the studio who was just formed together i mean i don't know if people know you know but 343 was sort of formed uh of these wild card uh group of of people from different you know teams and everything they all just kind of came together and you had correct me if i'm wrong brian but you just had was it one or was it about two people from bungie like frank o'connor that had come over
0: uh the only notable
2: person that came over was frank o'connor but i'm pretty sure be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that when Halo 4 initially started development, there was a few other people from Bungie that went over.
1: Okay. But yeah, so, uh, I mean, it was just this whole brand new studio, and not not just a, a studio that was taking over the franchise, but, I mean, these people had together made a game previously. So, the only thing they had done prior was Halo Combat Evolves Anniversary, and most people don't tend to count that as a new game, you know, so, and I, I wouldn't either, but I think for what pressure they were under, uh, I think they did a fantastic job. And I didn't feel that way at first, but like you said, the years have been kind. And, um, looking back on that, I mean, I, I think it's the most, if you're playing them chronologically, it's definitely the most serious of Halos. I think it's the most, uh, it's the most deep in terms of, uh, Character Char- development, yeah, I would say because I mean, I don't want to give too much away for those that haven't played it, but it is, uh, it's, it's, it's worth playing. It, I think it's absolutely worth playing. It's, it, it does deserve its place, I think, in the Halo universe for sure. I'm really, really glad it's, uh, really glad it's there. So, and the more I play it, you know, the more I, the more I fall in love with it.
2: Some, something else it deserves praise for is the amount of people that their introduction to Halo was Halo 4. Like, it's actually a lot. There's a lot of of not only younger fans who started there, but also, you know, people our age that just didn't get into Halo till 4, and 4 is the one that got them hooked on the series. Halo 4 is their beginning point, and I know from my Twitter feed and from, like, even personal, like, my friend Kyle, his favorite Halo is Halo 4. Halo 4 is a favorite among people, and I know there'll be people listening out there who absolutely despise Halo 4, but the fact of the matter is it's, it's a really cherished game. It's a really, a lot of people love it. It's a, it's a favorite. So yeah, I think
1: a lot of people are are like me in that they, it's really, they've grown more fond of it over time if they didn't at first. I mean, you still have those people who hate it, but yeah, I I do see a lot of people kind of coming out of the woodworks that are like, Hey, that actually wasn't that bad. That was really good. Uh, But, but you know, one of the great things too, which is actually what, uh, something I wanted to talk to you about, Brian was the lore that was you know you had the 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 trilogy the forerunner trilogy books that came out around that time um at least the first one i think and then the other ones came out i think during and after something uh but the lore for you know surrounding i think halo 4 and just some of the the history of the forerunners that we got on account of halo 4 coming out uh really kind of at least when you talked to me about it before really opened up my eyes and actually made me retroactively re and changed my changed my thoughts uh, on how certain aspects in halo 2 especially uh happened and i think you know what i'm talking about in particular do you remember yeah 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 do you want to talk about that
2: yeah i mean there's there's a lot to cover there and there's definitely going to be a few a few parts of while i'm going through this where i'm kind of i'm kind of glossing over some things and and maybe putting things a little out of order because there's a lot of material there but um basically you know for I think for most halo fans um, leading up to the culmination of halo three i don't think I don't think we put much thought into the forerunners because if you played the original trilogy they're really not despite the games taking place on their halo rings and taking place with their technology um, the forerunners really aren't touched upon too much in the original trilogy um, but that's what kind of what 343 wanted to explore as soon as they got the reins to the universe. They wanted to go into the background of the forerunners and, and kind of uh, who they were and why they did what they did. And um, it's been confirmed by Bungie employees that the original intention for forerunners was that the forerunners were just humans from a hundred thousand from a lot, from long time ago, They were just regular humans who were far more technologically advanced than the humans, the humanity that we see in the halo games. And they uh, encountered the flood and had no way to take, to defeat the flood. The flood were overcoming the galaxy. Um, So the humans, um, the humans seeded DNA for themselves and all the other species like elites and grunts and and every other species you could think of, they seeded their, their DNA on halo rings And um, because they could not defeat the flood, they activated the human, they activated the halo rings and um, destroyed all sentient life. And then after they, they destroyed everything, the the galaxy was reseeded, and and everything kind of restarted. So, you know, with Bungie's original plan, um, humanity itself would have been the forerunners, just, just an ancient version of them just from many thousands of years prior so I really liked that concept because if you think about it, the, the, tri- the trilogy um, is about this conglomerate of alien races that are forming under this religious label called the Covenant. And their whole goal is to seek out and destroy humanity because they're an affront to their gods. Their gods are these forerunners, and mm-hmm. they, they, they believe that if they light these holy rings, they light these sacred rings, they will ascend to godhood. And so for me, it just really made a cool, unique story that the whole time we're playing this, these games and these, these aliens are trying to kill us because they think we're an affront to their gods, but in reality, the gods they worship is actually us. We're actually humans. We're, that's we're so, so crazy to me. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, I just think that's such a unique, cool story. It's a great idea. Um, I loved it. Uh, but the thing about that is that didn't leave as much opportunity open for um 343 to continue a storyline based on forerunners because the story just kind of ends there If that's the idea um so what what 343 did and i should clarify because i'm i'm the biggest like you know i've been so conflicted about the lore and i've had so many of my own issues with it and and i've went back and forth in arguments over the stuff so many times so i can say that i've been there before um but what i should clarify is that there was no Hard and fast, on paper structured, um, definitive background for the Forerunners when the Bung- when Bungie was making the games. They they did intend, they did start out with the original intent that Forerunners were um, indeed humans, but it was never put down in, in concrete. And um, it's been said multiple times by several different developers. and You can find this through Twitter and other articles and places that uh, Halo was being made up as it went along. It was it was made up by different people. Um, who had different ideas for the series? So, um, the the biggest kind of crossover point where you can see this start to kind of go two different directions is on Halo Three. Halo Three had uh, a couple things. It had this I, this campaign that was called the Iris Campaign. I don't know if you do you remember that, Josh.
1: Uh, vaguely.
2: Um, Halo Three had the Iris Campaign, which was um, this this little thing kind of to promote Halo Three that it, it showed showed ancient humans like standing on Earth, like looking out into the stars and seeing Forerunners constructing like Halo rings and constructing other things. So it, it, this campaign itself for Halo 3 kind of showed humans and Forerunners being a separate thing. And then you, if you eventually play Halo 3 and you go into the terminals, um, the terminals will reference the, the humans as something different from Forerunners. And the, the terminals will also reference a character known as the Didact and a character known as the Librarian. And um, so at this point of Halo 3's development, you kind of have you have the Irish campaign and you have the terminals that are that are talking about Forerunners as a different race. Even after Halo 1 and 2, the idea was kind of for them to be, you know, humans and, and not different. Um, and then to top it off and make it all even kind of weirder is that the main writer for Halo, Joseph Staten, he released a novel um, during, uh, it came out like I think right after Halo 3, it was called Halo Contact Harvest. And the main protagonist was Sergeant Johnson. And in this this novel, it's revealed to the prophets through a character called Medican Bias that, th- that the humans themselves are actually forerunners. So at this time in 2007, you have Joseph Staten, the writer of Halo, in a book saying that the Forerunners are humans. And then you have um, the Iris campaign and the terminals of Halo 3, which were written by Frank O'Connor. I actually yeah. uh, read that before he wrote the terminals, uh, Say that they're a different race entirely. So it's just, I, I made that, I clarified all that because I just want to say that it's, it's not fair, because I, I did this at one point, like I'm guilty of this, so I have to say this. It's not fair to say that 343 retconned Bungie, because that's not actually true. It was things were being made up as they went along, and different people had different ideas for where the series should go. And even in Halo Three, there was two very different opinions on what Forerunner should actually be. There's even a moment in Halo Three, in a cutscene at the end of Halo Three, where where three four three Guilty Spark says to Master Chief, "You are Forerunner." Um, so there are there is just several different ways. Several different ways you could have taken that. Um, but obviously, three four three as a studio, they wanted to take that forward and they wanted to, you know, build upon that. So the option for them was to make, um, make the four a, a separate alien race. And, you know, when they first did that, I gave them a lot of credit because what they did was they they, they commissioned this famous author Greg Bear to create a trilogy of novels that was all about the origins of the forerunner and, and kind of what led to the, the halo rings being built and, and, and set up the universe for what we know as halo now. Right. And um, I, I, the thing was like, you know, I liked the concept of forerunners just being humans, but 343 did such a beautiful, beautiful job creating their, their their background for the forerunners with this trilogy of books that I gave it a pass. like They completely invested me in their, their, their telling, their version of The Forerunners um, by just how well it was crafted. And the three novels in question are Halo Cryptum, Halo Primordium, and Halo Silentium. Um, the first two novels were out prior to Halo 4's release. The third novel came out shortly after. Um, but basically, and I'm kind of just going to gloss over a lot of the details of, of what these books entail, and I'm gonna probably get a few things off or a little wrong just because I'm just kind of trying to to give a generalization. I know if there's some hardcore Halo Lore fans listening, they'll probably be like, no, actually it didn't happen in that order or what uh, actually Yes, exactly. But uh, basically basically what the, the, the Forerunner novels do is they the first novel introduces this character whose name, his actual name is Born Stellar Makes Eternal Lasting. That's his entire name, kind of a kind of a mouthful. Uh, but they just call him Born for short in in the book, and mm-hmm. basically, Born Stellar is a he's a forerunner, and he's a low class forerunner because basically the book establishes that forerunners are ca- a caste based species. They kind of have different roles, and they're able to evolve, act physically evolve into different roles uh, among amongst their their uh, race. And uh, at the beginning of the book, um, Born Stellar is is with these two humans and they're they uncover this cryptum and a cryptum is like a um, you see it in halo four because you awake the didact from his cryptum it's this giant spherical object that uh, is basically used for meditation it kind of puts you it locks you away it locks you up but it you are able to still think and and and, and interact within it it's, it's called a cryptum and um, basically in the beginning of cryptum the, the book halo cryptum uh born Stellar and his two companions, human companions, one's named Chakas and one's named Riser, they they open this cryptum and um they release the Didact from the cryptum. And <gasps> yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> uh, and the the thing is um and there's so much there's just it's, it's it can be a bit convoluted but in, in Halo 4 if you've only played the games there's a, there's a moment in Halo 4 where you meet with a memory recording of the librarian and she tells you about uh, something, something put in your DNA and they're called, they're spelled G A S but I believe it's pronounced G-E-S-H. It's a thing put that the, it's a thing that the librarian puts in the DNA of humanity. So I kind of take that back and, and make sure what I'm saying actually gets put across here. But basically the, um, the Forerunners put a, what they call a gesh. It's like an imprint. It's kind of, it's like genes. They yeah. put them in the DNA of humans so that certain eventualities would come to fruition. And um, basically the reason I'm telling you this is because at the beginning of this book, when Born Steller and his two companions open this cryptum and release the Didact, the reason they're led there is because the librarian has put genes an imprint in those humans to lead them to that eventuality to release the didact and um, from that point on what ends up happening is the didact uh, takes off in a ship with the two humans and born stellar and the didact ends up helping born stellar to evolve into another another i'm trying to think of what you call it but he basically has another vessel well, he has born stellar evolve into like his next stage of life. Oh, it's okay. like, a, like kind of his next imprint. So, yeah. um, the didact uses himself to evolve born stellar. So, what ends up happening is the didact give his gives his um, imprint his his genealogy to um, to born stellar, and born stellar ends up evolving into the didact himself, which kind of seems really odd, but you basically have born stellar over the course of halo cryptum and future novels. He evolves into essentially the same person as the didact, but also with a bit of different personality. Um, so that's where we get the placement of there's two different didacts. There's, there's a didact referred to as the ur didact. And then one for referred to as the iso didact. The ur didact is the, original didact the one that they released from the cryptum and the iso didact is stellar transformed um but um basically the the didact that we see in the terminals of halo 3 is the iso didact the iso didact is the one that eventually fires the halo rings um but i kind of want to just like i could go into so so much more detail but i what i kind of want to do is just i'm loving it yeah yeah. i just want to touch on a few different things and and kind of just give you that background because I don't want to, I could go on forever. Um, But uh, further on the book, Halo Primordium, um, it introduces this concept of, of this. Well, I don't want to say concept so much. There's this AI that's created by the forerunners named medicant bias. And his name gets thrown around a lot because he's actually been in Halo since Halo two but not many people really know that Um, there's a, there's a level in halo two where um, Cortana says that she's trying to fight off this AI in high charity systems and it's stronger than usual. Well, the reason that is is because that AI is actually medicant bias. It's a forerunner AI. It's not a covenant AI. Freaking
1: Uh, awesome.
2: Yeah, but it's not really ever talked about in the game, but that's actually medicant bias. That was Bungie's intention. Um, But Medicine bias is this, this, uh, um, this AI that's created to kind of take care of the forerunners kind of control everything and kind of do their bidding. And Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of just, I have that established. So I have, I have born stellar established. I have the cryptum established. I have, have the didact kind of imprinted himself onto born stellar and created two different, two different uh, Didacts. But let me kind of take it back here and give you some more background to the, to the, to the Precursors and, okay. and to the Forerunners. Um, <clears throat> so basically, what these books, another thing these books unveil is that 100,000 years before the Halo that we know now, 100,000 years beforehand, um, there was a sentient godlike race known as the Precursors. And sentient means they didn't really have a body, they didn't really have a form, they were kind of everywhere at once. Um, and this, these precursors created everything we know in the halo galaxy. They created the planets, they created the flora and fauna. They created the forerunners. They created the humans covenant prophets. They created everything. They're, they're basically the gods of the, of the halo universe. And the precursors upholded what's called the mantle of responsibility. And the mantle of responsibility is, is a concept that that's real. It's basically, you know, if you uphold the mantle of responsibility, it kind of means you're responsible for curating the universe. Your responsibility is to take care of the universe. And the precursors had planned on having the forerunners um, take up their mantle and, and, and be in charge of the responsibility for the universe. And um, the, uh, the humans were actually what the precursors eventually decided have take up the mantle like eventually the precursors wanted humans to take up the mantle and not yeah and that that made foreigners irritated because forerunners thought they were the the most superior race and that they should uphold the mantle so as a reaction to the precursors not um not giving them the mantle the foreigners attacked the precursors and killed them and you might think to yourself like why would the godlike species of the halo universe, why would they be able to be defeated by something they created? Well, kind of a neat concept in my opinion, like the books kind of state that like the precursors were just creators. They were, they didn't know violence. They didn't know. It's kind of like, I can kind of compare it with like, you know, the concept of Christianity and like, God doesn't know sin and humanity sin. That's like when the forerunners attacked the precursors, the Precursors didn't know how to respond. They didn't know how to fight back. They didn't know violence. So the foreigners very quickly overcame the Precursors, defeated them. But a few of the Precursors, they they, kind of dis- they put themselves – they de-evolved themselves into a, a substance so that they could maybe eventually one day come back and, and, and defeat – um, the forerunners, so the the precursors kind of debilitated themselves down into this, this substance that became this powder there was like this powder-like substance and tons and tons of years go by and humanity discovers this substance that and they eventually feed it to their their animals they have this particular animal i can't remember what it's called but they end up feeding this this powder material they end up using it to kind of think of the way like we make food today and we have preservatives and things like that they use it to make
0: mm-hmm.
2: food, food for their animals and eventually this this powder um, ends up corrupting over time corrupting these animals and eventually this this powder that is the precursors turns into what we know as the flood oh so shit. yeah so we so the, these these books give us this origin and this background for for what the flood is so it's really this i mean to me it's made the flood cooler than before because beforehand we just thought the flood was this random um alien you know uh parasite that came from a different galaxy which that's actually pretty cool too but we know now that the flood is actually the precursors trying to get back at the forerunners for what they did to them like the forerunners defeated their masters, overtook their masters. And now as a curse, kind of the precursors have, have made themselves into this, this flood species that overtakes everything. And that kind of, that kind of goes back into, you know, you know, in Halo two, Josh, where the grave mind says, I am a monument to all your sins. Yes. You can kind of see what that means now, right? Like, yeah. The grave mind, like the flood is a monument to the sins of the forerunners and, and how they kind of went up against their, their creators, their precursors. Um, yeah,
1: and I, I want you to like, by all means, keep going with that. But I do have to say that's one of the things that I think three four three really did good with taking over the reins. You know, not just with Halo Four, but like with those books and stuff. Because it retroactively makes you it, it, a lot of the stuff you hear in those past games. It it, it gives so much more context to. Does it not?
2: Yeah, it really does. There's there's one kind of big heavy hitter that I'm gonna get to here soon. That, and I'm really trying to gloss over things because, like I said, this is like hours this is three novels worth of material here um but basically so what ends up happening is the the flood starts to kind of overtake humanity and humanity is more advanced back at this time as well but humanity is trying to to stop the flood from spreading and they start spreading to other planets and start running away from the flood and eventually the the humans are taking over new planets and they're destroying planets that have the flood on them. And they they keep kind of inching their way across the galaxy until the floods, the, the foreigners start to take notice. The foreigners are going, wait a minute. Why? Cause the foreigners don't have any idea about the flood. So they're like, they're like, wait a minute. Why, why are humans taking over planets and destroying planets? And like, it, it looks to the foreigners, like the humans are, are trying to take over the galaxy. And that really pisses the foreigners off. So the foreigners, they go to war with humanity and they make sure to take out humanity. And what they eventually do is they, they take, not only do they take out humanity, but they, they de evolve them to a caveman like state. So like everything that the humans know and all the yeah. evolution, yeah, like all the evolution that they had at that point in time, they de-evolve them to a caveman like species and then, or caveman like, you know, point in their evolution And um, after they've managed to defeat humanity and do all of that, they start to notice the flood and they realize once it's too late that humanity wasn't trying to take over the galaxy. They weren't trying to be in charge. They were just running away from the flood. And you'll see that briefly in the halo four cutscene with the librarian where she says they were running, they were running away from the flood and we, we, we doomed them. So, at this point, we kind of have like we have two different opinions amongst the forerunners. You have a librarian who believes, wow, we really screwed up. We 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 de-evolved humanity, we took out humanity when they were trying to they were trying to run away from the flood, which ends up being the flood only there because of the forerunners' mistakes. Um and so the librarian wants to write the ship, she wants to make she wants to make it right. Like She believes now that the precursors were right and that humanity should uphold the mantle because look at what the Forerunners did. They, they completely overreacted and took out humanity um, when it was because of the flood. Um, so the librarian, she loves humanity. She, she wants to see them evolve. She wants to see them uphold the mantle of responsibility. And the didact, meanwhile, is the librarian's husband. And he doesn't like humanity. He hates humanity. He wants nothing to do with them. He doesn't think that they should uphold the mantle. He thinks it's the Forerunner's duty. And it kind of creates this big, you know, inner politics between the Forerunners. Um, so at this point, that's kind of where the book of Halo Cryptum started. Um, Halo Cryptum started out after all this had happened. And Riser and Chakas are, are humans that have now grown from that de-evolved caveman-like state. But the cool thing about Riser and Chakas is that they had the imprint, the gene imprint, the Gesh of the librarian. So that that's why the that's why those humans were able to lead Born Stellar to the cryptum of the Didact, and she kind of led them to that. Um, so that's kind of a a broad setup, but um, but it goes on further to um, it gets to this point in Primordium where you meet the last precursor. There's actually one precursor that's still around and it's kind of corrupted. It's like, it's like partial precursor, partial flood corrupted. It's this kind of monstrosity. And this this last precursor is on Zeta halo in the book primordium. And Zeta halo is actually where halo Infinite is going to start. We kind of briefly touched on that in the the last uh, podcast. But, um, but the prime, the, this, uh, this last precursor is called the primordial. And, um, the primordial kind of is what shares the details that we've, that I've already discussed about how the foreigners, the foreigners went against their gods and, you know, the flood is now, uh, them having to, uh, that's kind of them, a monument to their sins. You know, the flood is because of what they did. Right. And right. so the foreigners to stop the primordial and to stop the flood infection, because you know, now now at this point in time where the, the humans have been de evolved and the flood has spread more than ever, and I'm not talking about flood infection like you see in the games. I'm talking about the flood has overtaken the galaxy. The flood have taken over planets, starships. I mean, the flood are unstoppable. And so what the foreigners do is they send their their AI, their super high end AI, uh medicant bias, they send him to talk to the primordial the last precursor on Zeta Halo and they have him they want to have this AI convince the primordial and convince the flood to to leave to stop their what they're doing and what ends up happening then is the primordial and Medicin Bias have a conversation for 43 years what yeah for 43 years they have a conversation and in this time the primordial manages to use what's called the logic plague to convince medicant bias that the, that the flood is the proper evolution of the galaxy and that the foreigners are wrong. And he manages to turn medicant bias on his own creators. Um, Yeah. So then medicant bias is the reason why the foreigners lose against, against the, the flood because Medicin Bias then uses the Forerunners' own mechanisms against them because Medicin Bias has access to it. And then Medicin Bias starts working with um, the prim- with primordial on the flood. And um, they end up eventually creating this new AI called offensive bias to go specifically designed to go take out Medicin Bias. But by the time that's done, it's too late. Like there's just no way for the Forerunners to to overcome what the damage that's been done um and uh so eventually um and i've like i said i've glossed over a lot of other details but eventually the isodidact which is the which is born stellar from the first novel that's now mutated into the didact um he's standing there amongst the the array like realizing that there's no reason there's no way for them to overcome the flood unless they like the halo rings and he looks over at 343 Guilty Spark which this is a detail I glossed over um, Chakas, the human Chakas, ends up dying at one point in these novels and they use his memory his personality and they put it into 343 Guilty Spark so 343 Guilty Spark is the so human Chakas. Chakas. yeah he is the human Chakas from the book uh, Halo okay. Cryptum so at the so at this at this point in time the you know Medicin bias betrayed the forerunners and the Flood's overtaken, and the foreigners have no other option. So the Isodidact is standing there amidst the Halo array, ready to activate it. The Librarian is stuck on Earth, seeding. Um, she's, she's setting up the Ark that we know from Halo 3. Like, the Librarian is setting up the Ark. Mm-hmm. And the Isodidact wants her to come back, but there's no way for her to get back in time. Um, and he's about to light the rings. And before he lights the rings, the Isodiadact looks over at 343 Guilty Spark, and he says, if you were in my position, would you fire the rings? And then he fires the rings and eradicates the flood and starts the chain of events that leads to the games we know today. But what's so cool about that line is, if you remember in Halo 1, in the control room, 343 Guilty Spark says to Master Chief um, how does he word it he says um, having much time to ponder over your question I would still light the rings like he says That's like so yeah so basically so basically what that knowing what we know from those novels and what we we know about like Gene Imprints and, and the Librarian and everything yeah Basically, it's not. I don't think it's downright confirmed. But basically, what we can surmise here is, born stellar, the ISO didact, a good guy. You know, he's not. He's not the didact we fight in Halo Four. Correct. His his gene imprint is what's on Master Chief. Like Master Chief has the Gesh has the 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 what the the librarian had imprinted on him was born stellar. So Chaka's three for three guilty spark thinks he's talking to born stellar at that moment that's also explains and the thing is if you if you put your subtitles on while you play the library in halo one you'll hear yeah. 343 guilty spark talk about a lot of things that line up with the uh, 400 novels like he'll he'll be like he'll be like why did you why did you only wear a grade one combat skin like you know you should have known better like why aren't you wearing at least a grade nine and like he's talking about like you know why didn't you bring proper weapons to fight the flood? You should have known better. And then when Cortana tells you in the control room that Guilty Spark is trying to light the rings and it's going to destroy everyone, Guilty Spark's like, "You knew that. You helped me as we went through all the standard pro- protocol together." And then like that's when that's when Cortana's like left out that little detail, didn't he? But in reality, Guilty Spark doesn't understand why you're upset because you're a forerunner, and you he thinks you're a forerunner because. Like he thinks you should know these processes. Like he's like, you were here when because we you have
1: because Master Chief has the the,
2: the Gash Gash gene, the, yeah, the gene. Yeah, you know, so it all it kind of really it all makes sense and it's just really cool. You know, It's
1: freaking amazing.
2: Yeah, so I, dude, I, I I recommend reading those novels. And I definitely left out a bunch of details and there's a lot more I could have said, um, but that also makes it really cool that Halo Infinite coming out is taking place on zeta halo because zeta halo is where the primordial was that's where medicin bias was and also medicin bias is in the terminals of halo 3 and he helps you he says he wants to help you in what the terminal on the final level of halo 3 he says he wants to help you to make up for the things he did in the past Man, which was that's so cool yeah. yeah dude so it like it all flows together really awesome and like I left out a whole bunch of details and like I glossed over things and put things out of order, but like all that stuff's in those novels and those novels not only sweeten the halo universe and like help you figure out like a lot of background material, but they also make halo four much more enjoyable because it talks more about the ur didact, which is the didact that you unleash from the cryptum in halo four. He's, he's a really cool villain. If you've read those books, um, because you see you see how he got to that point he's kind of a tragic character but yeah Yeah. um, great books great background yeah
1: so it seems kind of similar to star wars in a way that like you know how it's like the films at least how it's like a skywalker saga and the skywalkers are spread across this you kind of have 343 kind of spread across this huge timeline so is it is it fair to say that you know halo is pretty much 343's big uh big adventure
2: to say i'm sorry can you repeat that josh yeah,
1: yeah it's a terrible joke i said is I was, it fair
2: saying, to... was that a joke i was just saying oh okay. it's a
1: terrible it's it's the worst it's the worst no i was saying is it is it fair to say that like if halos was, was to be rebranded in a package that you could call it 343's big adventure
2: oh yeah definitely that's what i would call it
1: <laughs> uh, uh that was a terrible joke
2: yeah, it terrible.
1: <laughs> so it was so bad uh yeah. That is insane though. Like um, when you, okay. So for those listening, like Brian had told me this back in 2014. So around the time the master chief collection is a few months from coming out. Um, he's he, we we got back in touch um, and we had uh, started playing Halo and stuff like that together. Like Halo four specifically, because I had not played the multiplayer um, prior. So as we're kind of playing this stuff, we're kind of going through it and, and whatnot. I'm getting all this information that I didn't know before because, like I said, when I played Halo Four the first time, I didn't really have any concept of what was going on. I didn't understand this Didact guy. I didn't understand um, what it was. Prometheans, you know, right? Um, I didn't understand the librarian. I, I just Josh, can yeah. I mention that real quick that you said absolutely? Before?
2: This is something. This is something I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge fan of but i think i need to clarify this even more so so people understand the the enemies that you fight in halo 4 are called prometheans but they're not actually really forerunners so to make a long story short in the in the back in 100,000 years ago the forerunners had a warrior a warrior sect of forerunners called prometheans and they were forerunners that looked like the Didact, like actual organic forerunner human like not humans but actual organic beings that were called Prometheans and Promethean was like, it was like a rank more than it was, you know, a name. So like the foreigners had Promethean warriors that would go fight and they were just foreigners that were really good at being warriors. And at one point in the original Forerunner trilogy, the Didact uses this giant machine called the composer, which you see in Halo four to turn his for, his servants, his warrior servants, his own military, into AI, AI-like robot, robots. The reason he does that is because the Flood can corrupt organic beings. So he turned his own servants into the AIs that we fight in Halo 4. The Promethean Knights that you fight, those are actually forerunners that have been composed into AI. So they were at one point... Like the diadact, actual organic beings, but he composed them down into AI, so that he, they couldn't be corrupted by the flood. So that it makes sense. Like the reason that the Prometheans are the way they are is because they can fight flood without being overtaken. They can't be corrupted. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So I, I mean, like I I'm a fan of that from a story perspective, but like I would have much rather fought like actual foreigner organic beings than the than the robotic type we fought in Halo 4 you know what I mean yeah
1: yeah I that's that was my biggest gripe I think it kind of put this bad coat over what was actually a very good campaign I mean in my opinion uh, because when I first played it and I'm fighting them they're just for me personally they're just so unfun to fight and it was such a drag to get through certain aspects now I know you feel differently right
2: Well, I feel my opinion is that they're, they're unfun. They're not the actual act of fighting them like gameplay wise, I think is good and well done. I think they're unfun to fight because their character design is poor and they have no character themselves, which makes them not fun to fight against. Like they don't, they don't have personality like elites or grunts or jackals. They don't look very cool and they have no, morality or soul to want to fight for their own lives they're so they're just they're boring and bland as characters and that's what makes them not fun but i think from a gameplay perspective they're just fine that's my personal opinion
1: no dude i love how analytical you can be with that stuff because that is like a very clean concise way of putting it and i would completely agree with that like there was i mean I, i can't remember some of the enemy types but like I remember some of them being not too bad to fight. I didn't like the Knights as much. However, yeah, there's a bit of a... For those of you who haven't played Halo 4, and when you go into it, if you ever do, it's definitely got a different aesthetic going on than what you had in uh, Bungie's. And I don't think it's at all a a flaw um, or necessarily like a pro or a con. I I don't really look at it that way, but it, it is definitely different and uh so i would agree with that too like it's it's i think it's more like their design is just it's so very generic is it not like i mean you would agree with that yeah. right
2: yeah i that's that's the thing that's is sad is like for for all the great things 343 has brought to the table um the design of the prometheans is just really poor and to give exact to give contrast to that the very same year no 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 that's not correct two years after halo 2 came out or wow i am all over the place you're good you're good so halo 4 came out in 2012 and they with the prometheans and they're not very cool like they don't have a very good design two years later bungie releases destiny and destiny has the fallen which are like really cool alien species as well as the hive and the vex and the cabal and so like in one game bungie put out (laughs) four races that were all cooler than the prometheans like it just goes to show like how great the design is for enemies on bungie's team compared to um what 3433 had at that time if if the new enemies if the prometheans looked like fallen and acted like fallen from from destiny and halo 4 i would have blew my mind yeah
1: yeah i i mean it's it's actually funny too cuz you said four races i think and then in uh, yeah combat evolved what you had the jackals you had the grunts you had the elites and then you had the hunters Yep. right yeah so four there yeah which is just it's crazy they knocked it out of the park both times yeah that's that's interesting that's food for thought but uh yeah so i mean chat me up about when you were You had gotten through all those books or the wiki articles. However, you kind of ingested that information um, back when you did. I mean, like, what was kind of going through your mind that it really, you know, especially the parts that coincide with certain lines of dialogue or events in, say, Halo 2 or Halo 1? I mean, uh, was that something that was just, like, blowing your mind as a fan?
2: Oh, dude, it 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 was absolutely blowing my mind. It was, like, it felt like I had just, like the world had just been revealed to me. It was so much information being put out by 343 and, and, and just so much to to intake. And and I really felt like I felt like 343 industries was doing a better job at facilitating the universe and expanding on it outside of the games. I felt like they were doing that better than Bungie had ever done. I really thought that it was, uh, it was just adding to the universe and really setting up Halo four to be something great. And, that's what made me really, you know, and we'll have, to, we'll have a whole podcast. We can talk about Halo 5. But, like, that's what made me really salty, really upset was, you know, Bungie had me sold with their version of things, um, which that's disingenuous to say. Cause, like I said, it, it was up in the air, even at Bungie. But, like, the whole 400s being humans thing, they had me. They had me. I loved it. Then 343 Industries came in and they said, we're gonna make the foreigners, we're gonna cement them as a separate race. We're gonna give you this background of, of them betraying the precursors and the flood starting and, and medicin bias, all this stuff. And I was like, wow, you know, 343 managed to come in, change what I had thought about the background of Halo, but do it so masterfully and so intelligently that I loved it and I'm completely on board. And they, they then Halo 4 comes out. For me, it was a great game. You know, the lore's looking good, the background's good, the the 40s, like everything is just so on on par. Like it's so good. And I'm like at this during this time, like, you know, we're waiting for Halo Five to come out. And I'm I'm telling my friends, especially Josh here, I'm telling him about like, you know, I'm telling about Halo Four, I'm telling him about the four hundred novels, I'm telling Mm him about the background. And I'm really selling people on this. I'm really getting people hyped up. about <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm telling people like, wow, like look how good Halo is. Like look how look look at the great things 343's done. Like they're awesome. And you know, to varying success, I kind of brought people around here and there to you know thinking, yeah, this is really good. Yeah, and you I, did. Uh, and,
1: sorry, no. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Well, I was just say like, and I built this. I built this up for everybody because you know, you know, fairly enough, like. 343 was doing a great job but then halo 5 came out and halo 5 story it 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 didn't just ruin the legacy of Bungie's halos it, it ruined the legacy that 343 had just established themselves like it it betrayed the the things that 343 had created like it 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 wasn't like you know it would have been easier it would have been an easier story to tell if you were just like, oh, Halo was really good, and then three four three came into the picture and ruined it. Like, that's what people like to paint the picture. Like that's the picture people like to paint, but that's not at all it. Like 343 came in and they fostered this universe. They created Halo One anniversary. They created the the, the Forner trilogy. They created Halo Four. They were doing amazing. They're doing such a great job and it and did so much for this universe. And then Halo five comes out and they just the the story and the lore of Halo Five, it's just so abysmal that it just it just negated everything that came before, and it just it was just hard. To, it was hard pill to swallow at the time, like, and it's hard to like it's hard to take that because it's like you know what, like you won, you came in and you won, you won me over, and then the second you win me over and establish something great, you throw it all away, you know, and it was just really hard. It was really hard to take that, and you know, I kind of felt silly for convincing so many people like Josh to, to be on board with this, you know, halo at the time when, when, when halo five just kind of pissed it all away, you know? Uh,
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't definitely don't think that's ever something you should feel bad about. Cause I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, you know, that look, if you've ever told somebody a story and when they're really engaged, you start to see their eyes sort of, drift off like they're looking at a wall or a ceiling or like just the ground and you see their eyes kind of like zone out and they're in a, in a way that they're engaged but you see you can tell that what you're telling them as they're ingesting it they're 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 visualizing it like they're gone they're there
0: you know mm-hmm.
1: and yeah. that's exactly what it did for me when you were telling me all that stuff it's really cool to see that 343 has just like found a way it, i think it's so hard to do in any kind of medium when, when someone else sort of takes the helm of something that's already been established and to not only not step over the toes, not step on the toes of what's been done, but also retroactively make you appreciate what's come before, you know, it uh, just in a way that enhances it.
2: I feel like, I feel like three, four, three has done good more than, well, it's hard to say like, cause I don't want to be a three, four, three apologist, but like, what they've done as far as like fostering the universe, creating new novels, side content, um, you know, Halo Four's campaign, Halo Four's multiplayer Halo 5's multiplayer, like they've done so much good. It's just that the, the big hitters, which are Halo 4's poor multiplayer, MCC's broken launch, and Halo 5's awful campaign, like it's just hard for people to overlook those, you know. Um, but they've done, they've done a lot of good and like, there's obviously so much talent there and you know, Halo infinite has the ability to be, I mean, really something like, I mean, I mean, I don't want to get hyped for something. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but like I, if all the things align, I could see infinite being like a fan favorite, you know, it's got, it's got the setting. It's got the, it's got the intent, you know, it's got that spiritual rebootness to it. So it doesn't have that baggage. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's if, if they know what they did right in Halo 4 campaign and what they did right in Halo 5's multiplayer, man, that could be a fantastic package. And yeah. it's launching on new hardware. I mean, lots to look forward to there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's that's the thing with them is that they have had some bumps along the way, but they're also a new studio that formed in what 2010? Or was it soon?
2: Was it a little bit sooner than that? Uh, ten, ten, they were like they were work. They were like pseudo working on little things with like one or two people in 2007. Okay,
1: but yeah, one or two people. So I mean, it's you know they've not been around anywhere near as much as a lot of these other developers and and stuff like that. And you know, Hable Four had the campaign down. It did a great job. Great story. Found a way to to originally, or I'm sorry, it found a way to give us you know, context of what came after that ending of Halo 3 where he says, wake me when you need me. Because, you know, when you have that happen, you're like, wake up now! Damn it! You know, like, you want to yeah. know what's next right away. So, it was nice to see, like, what actually came after that. But then also, like, originally 343, to my understanding, uh, they, they started, the, Halo 4 was going, going to be the beginning of a trilogy. And then they changed it into what they call the Forerunner Saga. So, I mean, you know, I, they've done a really cool job. You know, they, they got the campaign good they or they got that down and they yeah, the got that campaign they <laughs> got that good that looked good um <laughs> yeah so they uh they really did a good job with that campaign and yeah the multiplayer wasn't super great but then you move over to Halo 5 and the campaign is just i think i don't it's so you are uh it's like a four leaf clover if you feel like Halo 5 had a great campaign you know and it's it's very rare i think it's just the collective opinion is that it was very bad and very confusing. It felt like a spinoff almost at times, but that's a different topic. But however,
2: Bonnie Ross said said that she felt that game would have been better as a spinoff title.
1: Yeah. Can't disagree with that. But yeah. However, the the multiplayer itself was the best it's ever been, if not at least just up there as good as Halo two or three, I think for most people. So, I mean, with each one of these two games, They've done 50% of it right, but they just can't seem to get 100% just yet. So I think, you know, I think we're both on the same page of feeling cautiously optimistic. You know, we want to be excited for Halo Infinite because it just, this is, you know, that third time's a charm. You know, there's the potential to get this right. And like you said, it's releasing on new hardware. But for those that don't know, it's also coming out on Xbox One. So it's going to be a cross-gen game. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, but our aren't we going to be able to play together? Like if you play on Xbox one and I play on Scarlet, we can still play together. Um, correct. Or is that not confirmed?
2: I, I would have said a hundred percent. Yes. But then I just realized I don't think it's confirmed for MCC. So I don't know if it's confirmed for Scarlet okay. yet, but it's on PC as well. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Josh, but, uh, yeah. Why don't, why don't you, why don't you sell us out real quick? I think we're about two hours here.
1: Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, first things first, uh, I do want to mention guys that uh, you're probably going to be hearing this on a Saturday or at least see that it, it was available on a Saturday. We do plan to do these consistently on Tuesdays unless something changes, but uh, we have a plan to do a bonus episode uh, on the uh, Mandalorian. So, Tuesday. Disney, what's that?
2: I'm sorry, I thought you were going to say what day this, this coming Tuesday. Oh, instead, yeah. we're going to do a bonus on Mandalorian.
1: Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, this Tuesday instead. So, you're going to get this episode uh today on saturday the uh 9th but then you're also going to get on tuesday a bonus episode that just it doesn't really have anything to do with halo but we wanted to just talk shortly about our impressions on the first mandalorian episode airing on disney plus because that launches the same day so uh for any of you guys interested in that you know definitely definitely check it out and give us your thoughts it's going to be our first bonus show we don't know how often we're going to do this stuff but we just thought it would be a little fun thing to do and uh it's going to have spoilers in it, but we're going to make sure and and label that in the title. So, for any of you who are planning on watching it right away, um, or or just you know aren't interested, you know you, you're not going to go into that blind and, and get spoiled. So we, we don't want to do that to you guys. But uh, but yeah, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but we're available on Anchor. Not just that, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and now iTunes. In the apple podcast app, we're everywhere are we not brian
0: yeah we're everywhere you can
2: be i mean the big ones are basically google podcasts itunes spotify and then you or you can just play it through the anchor website so yeah.
1: absolutely and if by any chance you guys you know want to write it and you have something you want to say maybe you have some comments about this episode uh anything or you want to leave a voice message you can you can hit us up at sacrediconhalo icon at gmail.com um, for anything but also uh, if you don't want to, maybe you want to leave a voice message and you don't want to go through that, you want to do something a little simpler on our anchor page itself, uh, you can leave us a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash sacred icon halo. If you're interested in following the podcast uh, on social media, you can find us at sacred icon halo on Twitter. You can find Brian at what, Brian?
2: Uh, I'm at Brian's Bane.
1: Yep. And I am at Jovial Joshi. So if you guys want to follow us and just. Maybe see random stuff or you want to see some halo stuff you know definitely check us out on there and and, and feel free to tweet at us and, and let us know your
2: thoughts and everything like that so but yeah, uh, just yeah. uh, say too dude like if, if any if anybody has a topic or something about Halo they want us to talk about maybe it's you want you want to hear us talk about land parties or maybe you want to hear us talk about the launch of Halo 3 or maybe you just want to hear you know, what our thoughts are on, you know, why the Arbiter is a cool character or not. I mean, you just you pick anything you'd like to hear us talk about, and we're dedicated to being here every week talking two whole hours about Halo, so Absolutely. we'd love to hear if, you, know
1: that. If you. If you
2: guys think Buzz Lightyear would defeat the
1: Master Chief, you know, write in and tell us. Tell us why. And, and, um, and you know, if, if you feel that it's weird that Rihanna... And her music in Master Chief, Halo, all that exists within the same canonical timeline. Let us know, okay? Anything about Halo, uh, we will cover it and we'll talk about it. Uh, yeah, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Again, we're going to have a bonus one coming up on Tuesday, so be sure and look forward to that. And uh, we'll keep you guys uh, updated on the information, so be sure and follow us on social media. But uh, he's Brian, and I'm Josh, and thanks so much for listening, guys.
2: We'll see you on the next Sacred Icon Halo podcast. Peace. See ya, baby.